once again to Wisdom Within. We are the podcast for all those living with mental health conditions and all those fine folks who care about us. I am your pod hostess and peer support human, Kathy Sirline. The support dogs, Bella and Biggs, are here with us, uh, ready to do what they do, which is usually snooze while we work, but uh, they're always with us in spirit and uh, possibly some snoring in the background. So we're all delighted to have you with us for today's show, episode 19 of our series. Um, we've only begun just in February, February of this year, so we're just about two months in, and we hope to have our 20th episode up this week as well. So I feel like we're making good progress. Uh, we're going to be delighted to share some shout outs today to folks not only here in America, but around the world who have been tuning in. We've got some spotlights on where those folks live. Uh, don't worry, I don't have your street addresses, just your, the city that people live in <laughs> or the province or what have you. So yeah, I'm not going to be that nosy people, um, but delight, just delighted to share with you today um, how far we're reaching already in just this short time and that you're a great part of that. And we so appreciate you tuning in and your encouragement, your support of the show, the great feedback we've had, um, just really means a lot to us and helps keep us going on this mission that we are on. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a moment and get this thing started. Thanks for being here, guys. You know, we always look forward to hearing from you folks uh, who write into the show um, or have left us messages. We appreciate that. Um, the Anchor FM app application that we produce our podcast through um, has this amazing dashboard now where I can actually see um, where in the world folks are who are giving us a listen. So today we want to give a shout out to uh, some not so far away places and some far away places um, who tune in to listen to our podcast. So greetings to everyone in New York, not only in our area of Western New York, but even down to Brooklyn. Um, we have folks listening to us in Massachusetts, in North Carolina, uh, in Colorado, in Florida, in New Hampshire, and in Washington. Uh, outside of the United States, we have folks in, well, let's see, well, I can tell you even more precisely. Let's see. In Massachusetts, we have folks listening to us in Ashland, Belmont, Boston, and Chelsea. So hello to all you folks. Uh, in North Carolina, salute to our friends down at Fort Bragg and in Durham. Uh, also, uh, out in Colorado, hello to the folks in Louisville and Castle Rock. In Florida, we have friends down there listening in from Port St. Lucie, Naples, and Davenport. Hello to all you folks. And then across the pond, greetings to Ile de France, which is the region around Paris. So very excited to have some Parisian friends listening in. Uh, in the United Kingdom, we have um, Renfrew in Scotland, 
and Sleaford in England. We also have folks listening in from Zurich, Switzerland. Hello to all you folks. And Ontario, Canada. Also, Victoria, Australia. That was exciting to hear. Hello, Victoria, Australia. Welcome to the show. We're so glad that you guys uh, tune in to us. Um, I love learning the new dashboard uh, widgets and seeing um, how our podcast is doing and our, the progress we're making. Um, we're hoping that you are enjoying us as well. And um, we look forward to bringing more great shows to you. Uh, we hope that you will continue to tune in and uh, the support dogs and I, Bella and Biggs, and I will be here for you. Um, thanks again for tuning in, and uh, we're excited to uh, keep on doing what we do. So today, dear listeners, we're sharing with you from TheMighty.com on 15 Traits of an Emotionally Safe Person. And this is an article compiled by Juliet Verzi, who is the mental health editor on TheMighty.com. And uh, that is a community that talks about mental health with compassion and without judgment. What is a safe person? Mighty contributor Jessica Glass gave her definition in a piece called To My Safe Person. Thank you for supporting me through depression. She wrote, I have what I call a safe person. She is the one who knows my whole story. She's been with me through many tough firsts and still shows me unconditional love on a daily basis whether it's me reporting that I am feeling suicidal or that I self-harmed self-harmed that day or that I just have a general unwell feeling, our conversations always end with I love you, no matter what. When you're living with chronic suicidal thoughts or you are struggling, just struggling to get out of bed every day or you have difficulty silencing the intrusive thoughts that anxiety keeps throwing your way, having a safe person to talk with can be vital in your healing. So because of this, we look to our community to hear their thoughts on what characteristics safe people have. This list is by no means exhaustive, but talking about these traits can help us all be better supporters of our loved ones. As a note, a person can still be a safe person even if they don't meet all of the characteristics that we're going to talk about. People are not perfect. They won't always respond perfectly when we're struggling. All anyone can do is to be willing to learn and to do their best. So here are some of the, the characteristics of safe people according to the community at themighty.com. They listen first. Someone who listens with empathy and who knows they can't fix it, but is still there without judgment. They validate. Validation. They don't have to try to understand, but they listen and they validate that what you're feeling is real, that it's legitimate. Rather than giving the what ifs or the things will get better, 
uh, speech. Just They just listen and let the person who's struggling know what they're feeling isn't going unheard. They help you grow. Someone who helps you grow. That can be a very vague answer, but someone who will not just only be a patient and empathetic person, but also someone who will be firm enough to keep pushing you. I always feel like I have to be fake towards a lot of people because in a way I have to protect them from how I really feel. Someone who I feel emotionally safe is someone I can let my guard down around and just be real with, even if it's only for five minutes of seeing that person. They don't tell you how you should feel or how you should think. Other than being non-judgmental, the most important characteristic is that an emotionally safe person will avoid saying things like, don't think like that, or you shouldn't feel that way. They shouldn't encourage or enable me in my illness, but they also shouldn't try to devalue or erase my experiences. My feelings and my thoughts may be dysfunctional, but they're real for me, and to dismiss them makes me feel like no more than a child being lectured by some arrogant authority figure who is once again telling me how wrong I am. Safe, safe people stay neutral when you need them to. One of the writers writes in, two people that are the most safe, secure, safe slash secure when it comes to my emotions and mental health are consistently neutral when I start to speak negatively of myself. I am, or if I'm having an overwhelming emotional response to something, or I'm having a difficult time with any aspect of my mental health, they are consistently neutral. They only react negatively when they truly feel it's necessary, and they only react positively when I'm asking for validation or support. This might seem strange to some people, but it is such a beautiful and helpful thing. It gives me the space to handle and work through my stuff independently while I also feel like I have that safety net of support. They're patient. Patience, because sometimes I'm a mess. I can be inconsistent in my actions, and when I try to talk about my feelings, it can be so scattered that it's even hard for me to follow. So a safe person is a patient person. A safe person doesn't judge. An emotionally safe person is the living embodiment of your favorite blanket right out of the dryer. You wrap up in it and it doesn't judge you. It's warm. It's inviting. No matter what you're going through or what you have to say, it'll always be there for you no matter what. You feel safe and calm. And once it's worked its magic, you feel happy. Your safe person doesn't take your struggles personally. The ability to not try to make my symptoms all about them is what one writer wrote in. They keep their word. Someone who keeps their word. They say they're going to call the bank at 4 o'clock and actually calls the bank at 4 o'clock or tells me they were unable to do it at that time. But they keep their word to you and they get back to you. 
They also let you drop your guard. Compassion, listening, empathy, letting me express and process my feelings and thoughts, no judgments, patience, a little caring attitude. These are the characteristics from only certain people I know that have helped me immensely. And my definition of an emotionally safe person, it helps me drop my guard that I didn't know was up anyway and really feel vulnerable. I cry and the weight of the issues decrease. Your safe person won't sugarcoat the truth for you. Someone who doesn't sugarcoat or undermine anything. Their goal isn't to fix you. They're someone who listens and doesn't try to fix it. They can empathize. Someone who's been there and can empathize in ways that most other people can't. One of the writers says, empathy is the main one for me and compassion. I don't want to burden anyone and I don't want to feel like I'm burdening anyone. I have to know they actually care, they want to help, and they want to listen. I know for sure the people I can count on. Your emotionally safe person is also okay with silence, patience, and sometimes just being around someone who's quiet. Sometimes our head spins so much, sometimes it's nice to have someone that will just sit with me and not make my head go any faster. And your emotionally safe person is forgiving and understanding, but they are not a doormat. They assert their own needs and boundaries. Just someone who understands I go backwards sometimes, but they're still there to cheer on my successes when they happen. And they are also there to be the calm to my storm. What would you add to this list? We want to thank Juliet Verzi, the mental health editor at The Mighty, and all of the wonderful folks who wrote in with those comments and suggestions on who their safe person is and the traits of an emotionally safe person. We'll be right back. So it's important to know who our emotionally safe humans are. It's also important to know that we can help ourselves to be emotionally safe um, and sometimes it just turns, it's just turning back to those simple practices. We've talked about them before, a couple new ones for you today, but it's really important that we know that we ourselves also have the capability of quieting our minds. We do this all the time, but using your breathing to find stillness, to be more, just be more careful and conscious about your breathing pay attention to the rhythm of your breathing if you take short quick breaths try to move to slower deeper breathing you can put your hand on your belly and feel it rise and expand as you draw that air in and then fall again as you let it out and to really slow down your breathing You do those deep inhales through the nose 
and those slow exhales through the mouth and do them for a long as long a count as you can so in the course of a minute instead of short fast shallow breathing and getting yourself all hyperventilated when you're upset focusing on your breathing and calming it down and slowing it down and only focusing on your breathing you can shoot for maybe like six breaths in a whole minute so um it one every 10 seconds um so it might sound like not very many it might sound a little difficult to do but if you really focus on what you're doing um, you should be able to shoot for that it's a great breathe the breathing tool is one of the best and that serves all kinds of purposes at all times in your life so i strongly encourage it encourage you all to find those times when you can just focus on your breath and slow it down and give yourself that help in quieting your mind this one's going to sound silly this one came to me recently a suggestion from a friend of mine but one that i used to feel very uh, positive about as well um, people with home aquariums say they feel calmer and more relaxed and less stressed when they watch their fish and science backs it up it isn't just the water although that alone helps a study used to uh, uh, a study using a tank hundreds of times larger found that the more types of marine life that were added the happier people got heart rates and blood pressures also dropped so seriously watching your little goldfish swim around can be extremely soothing another one we always suggest even if it's just for five minutes get yourself some exercise aerobic exercise a brisk walk could start to calm your mind because it releases endorphins the chemicals that make you feel good and can help improve your mood your focus and your sleep um, you could try high intensity high intensity interval training I knew I was going to struggle with that one or hit it can give you a big dose of those endorphins in a very short time um, after you warm up you alternate 20 to 20 to 30 second bursts of pushing yourself really hard like doing sprints or squats or fast weightlifting with equal amounts of rest obviously I'm not talking about huge amounts of weight here we're just talking about things that you can do that can push yourself in short bursts um, that will then be equaled by the same interval of rest and um, that is high intensity interval training but it's a real mood booster in a short amount of time listening to music is another great way to calm the activity in your brain fewer neurons fire in your amygdala which is the part of your brain that responds to fear um, which can lead then to fewer signals sent to other parts of your brain that are negative so music is a good thing to try if you are distracted by pain listen closely not just as background the more you notice the less you dwell on your other thoughts so find your groove put on the earphones and meld into the music another great way to quiet your mind is to help someone 
It lights up the part of your brain that makes you feel pleasure and connection. Doing something nice for someone can lower your stress. It definitely lessens your feelings of loneliness. It can also boost your heart health and your immune response. A fun fact, when you spend money on other people, your body releases more endorphins, the same chemicals from exercise, than when you spend that money on yourself. I know some people who are shopaholics who would argue with me on that, but the joy of giving to others, even if you don't have a lot of money, the, the joy of giving to others really does lift you up by lifting someone else up. And even if you don't have money to spend, you can volunteer. You can, there are so many people who have things so much worse than we do, no matter how bad we have it. There's always someone who needs our help. And it gets us, uh, gives us a, a much greater sense of ourselves when we can come out of our own issues to help someone else with theirs. As always, we recommend getting outdoors, even if it's just for a short amount of time, but being in and around nature often makes people think more clearly and feel more relaxed and refreshed. Your brain doesn't have to work as hard in a greener environment. In one study, after 20 minutes in a park, Children with ADHD were able to concentrate better. Spending time outside can also bring down your heart rate, bring down your blood pressure, lower your stress hormones, and even decrease your muscle tension. Uh, while we're on muscles, uh, another great use of them in uh, connecting your with your body to soothe your mind is progressive muscle relaxation. I'm not sure if we talked about this before or not. Maybe we did. Um, but you pick a body part, your foot, your leg, your mouth, your eyes, and tense it for a few seconds. And then you release and relax for 10 seconds or so. And so the idea is that you notice how that feels different. Then switch to a different part of your body and tense it for 10 seconds. And then release and relax for 10 seconds um, and keep going until you've done as much of your body as you want. This can also help you improve your sleep. It may even ease headaches and stomach aches. Uh, another wonderful recommendation and one that uh, the show dogs here, Biggie and Bella, uh, continually recommend is to hang out with a dog. Whether it's a member of your family or a therapy dog, a friendly pooch can make you feel less anxious, less tense, less confused, and less restless. When you pet them and play with them, it seems to lower levels of stress hormones. One reason could be that your body releases oxytocin, a hormone that plays a role in bonding and trust. It's not studied as much, but cats apparently can calm you too, depending on the cat. We all know some of those cats, and we love them anyway. Uh, another great uh, tool for calming our mind uh, is guided imagery. To think of a favorite spot, real or imagined, that makes you calm and happy. Perhaps it's a beach at sunset, or a comfy chair in front of a fireplace or a stream or a little brook in the forest. Focus on details. 
Can you smell pine needles, for example? Can you see bubbles in the water? Do you hear the gurgle and the splashing? There are audio recordings and apps that you can actually use for guided imagery meditations. Very, very helpful, very calming, very stress reducing. As is any medita any meditation that you do, but guided imagery meditation um, is super calming. Uh, yoga is it always another great idea. Um, there's something called Hatha Yoga, which is a mix of challenging poses and controlled breathing uh, that helps you turn your awareness to being in the present moment. Something else we talk about a lot is remaining in the present. Instead of judging yourself or anyone else, um, find the tools or the poses in this case that help you turn your awareness to being in the present moment. Um, there's evidence that regular practice of yoga lessens anxiety and takes the edge off of your natural stress response. Plus, it's exercise that builds your, your body's strength and flexibility. Go to a class, find a video. Going to a class, you also get the benefits of socializing with other people. Um, some folks um, who struggle with that may uh, find that they want to do something in their home with videos or what have you until they're ready for that more social uh, involvement. But whatever your means of um, practice, um, if you choose to practice yoga, um, no matter how, and I'm very much a beginner, I do only very basic things, um, but I find it very relaxing and very calming and also, I pretty much have to pay attention to what I'm doing so I don't fall over. So you kind of have to remain in the present moment with yoga. But we always strongly recommend that as a great form of, of easy, not necessarily easy, but simpler than some other exercises. Um, challenging, but let's say it's not going run for running for a 10-mile uh, run. Um Another great thing for helping you calm your loud mind is to get creative. Even if it's something like coloring books, um, coloring is so relaxing. Um, whether it's a kid's coloring book, they have adults, adult coloring books, there's scrapbooking, there's knitting, there's pottery. Pick your creative means of choice. There is an escape for your busy mind in creativity. Simple, repetitive actions, especially um, with your hands, can help you redirect your thoughts and tune out the chatter in your head. The key is to enjoy the process and not worry so much about the result. To be in the moment, in the process, and just enjoy that experience. Also, makes super sense. When, you're, when you find your mind racing full speed or spiraling down one of our rabbit holes that we tend to go down, change your focus. Stretch, take a, day, take a walk around, daydream, get a snack, chat with a friend. Give yourself a few minutes to get recharged and reset. You know, so if it's just getting up and walking around the office, walking outside to get a little fresh air for a few minutes, you'll be more centered and more clear-headed. 
If you're going to be working intently, set a timer or use an app to remind you to stop like every 90 minutes or so and give yourself just that momentary um, that stretch or that relaxation or uh, a few minutes to chat with a friend. Um, you know, things that can just take you out of that full speed uh that we full speed chaos that we tend to find ourselves in some days. Uh, another thing that I personally love, my one of my daughters-in-law is not a fan, but dig in the dirt. It's not just the great outdoors and the exercise at work. It's the soil itself, which has microorganisms that might help you focus and lift your mood. Gardeners are less depressed, less anxious, and they feel more connected to their communities. But there's something about um, being outside and digging in the dirt or planting a garden or working on your yard um, that, for lack of a better way to put it, it's just grounding. It's just good to have connection with the earth, that we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. And it takes the focus off whatever million little things are running through our heads. So I'm a big believer in get out and dig in the dirt. Get dirty. Go out and get dirty, people. Another technique, this is um, something that you actually would have to work with a therapist to do, but there's something also called biofeedback. This is a technique that teaches you to control your reactions to stress. You're hooked up to a monitor that shows your brain waves. You can track your heart rate, your skin temperature, and your breathing. This lets you see in real time what happens when you're triggered and when you try to effectively counteract it. Over time, it helps you to figure out how to calm your body's response on your own. So that is another means where you can get professional help in calming your mind. So I hope that these were some helpful pieces for you and hang in with us. We'll be right back. We want to thank you guys again for joining in today as we take a look at uh, what an emotionally safe person is and how we can help ourselves to be more emotionally safe or be the emotional safe person for someone else. Uh, we were also delighted to share with you uh, uh, the howdies to our visitors from around the world and across America. Uh, we hope to expand our listening audience uh, even further. So if you feel you know someone who might benefit from what we do here at Wisdom Within, we would be delighted to have you share our podcast with them. We're available across nine different listening platforms, uh, most of the favorites, and uh, if you want to download the Anchor FM app, you can listen to us directly through that platform, and you can also voice message directly to the show. If you'd like to reach out to us in other ways with comments, you can uh, contact us at our website, which is Wisdom Within web.com uh, you can tweet us at Kathleen Sirline or at Wisdom Within we'd be delighted to hear from you uh, 
We appreciate all the comments we've received so far and look forward to hearing from you very, very soon. Also, we remind all our listeners in every episode that if you are in in urgent need of assistance, that you reach out to your medical professionals. Reach out and seek that help. Thank you for being here. We'll be back again very soon with our 20th episode on Wisdom Within. Thanks for being with us, folks. See you soon.